instalment of TBI Expert View Series, a number of focused discussions on the dynamic world of global VAT. My name is Nora Duggan, I'm the Chief Marketing Officer, and we want to share our insights with you through the lens of our experts. Today, we'll be joined by Lisa Dowling, our Senior Global Director of Indirect Tax, Advisory and Compliance. Lisa will be providing us with an overview of global indirect tax challenges and indeed the trends for businesses going into 2022. A key area of concern for all businesses globally is the ever-evolving landscape of tax digitalization. Lisa will be discussing the lack of standardization and therefore the many challenges that it presents to businesses around the world. Now, over to Lisa. Um, a little bit about global indirect tax challenges and trends. Um, in the next couple of series, um, my colleagues Theodora Vallone and Barbara Barkchik will talk more about digitalization and outsourcing of VAT compliance as a way for businesses to manage uh, tax challenges and, and the trends that are coming down the line and uh, because we have this kind of ever-changing reporting uh, for VAT compliance. Um, today though I'm going to look at digital tax measures, uh, SAFT, control lists, MTD for VAT in the UK, electronic invoicing, real-time reporting and you know if we have time we'll also talk a little bit about worldwide spread of, of VAT and GST. Uh, we've seen changes in India, uh, the GCC Brazil for example. Um, but just to talk first about digital tax measures, you know, we're seeing great ideas coming from the various tax offices, great technological advances, but just no standardization across jurisdictions. And this is the reason why it causes such a huge challenge for global businesses or, or businesses just operating in multiple jurisdictions. Um, so the main challenge is again that non-standardization, so the differences across jurisdictions uh, in what VAT is collected, what data is collected, how it's reported, when it's reported, the thresholds that apply. So businesses operating in multiple jurisdictions have to understand all of these rules and, um, and, the, and that poses a big challenge uh, for companies. So what recent digitalization and advanced reporting requirements have been introduced? Well, we have seen recently the rollout of SAFT uh, through many member states throughout Europe. Uh, we're seeing also control lists, the making tax digital for VAT in the UK. We're seeing uh, com countries moving towards electronic invoicing as, as something that will be mandatory. Um, we have seen rollout of real-time reporting in Spain and Hungary, for example. And it really is, it's leading towards the death of the VAT return as we know it. Um, so what is the VAT return actually going to look like in the future? Um, are we going to, is, is e-invoicing, for example, going to take over? Um, or will it be a move towards kind of real-time reporting? Um, does one go hand in hand with the other? So we'll talk a little bit about that. But we'll start off just, um, just to discuss SAFT in general. So SAFT is the standard audit file for tax. It was developed by the OECD. Um, it's an electronic format which enables the transfer of data from an organization to the tax authorities in a standardized electronic format. But the way we have seen it roll out is that, okay, there is standardization domestically. So countries are in introducing their own version of, of SAFT um, and it is an electronic format of holding data or reporting data. And so it enables tax authorities to conduct more efficient and effective tax inspections. Um, but you know, there is that burden for business in, in its setup. So we've seen its rollout in Austria, France, Luxembourg, Portugal, Lithuania, Norway, and Poland. Um, 
Romania will introduce safety requirements from 2022, but it will be for resident businesses and it will be for resident large taxpayers. So Romania will have a prescribed list of who those large taxpayers are. So it really is a pilot project at the moment for large taxpayers resident in Romania, but eventually we'll see rollout to other taxpayers. So we need to keep an eye on developments there and what it's going to look like. So Romania as well is a reporting requirement, I suppose similar to what we see in Poland and Norway, in that the VAT data will be reported to the tax office in a prescribed electronic format. So the difficulty again with SAFT is there's not a standard list of data across all member states that have introduced it and some member states um, are requiring that data to be reported in a SAFT format while other member states are requiring it to be held um, and provided upon uh, inspection or upon request by the tax office. So those are the differences and so that again poses challenge for business and the way we are managing that for our clients at the moment is that we are still continue to take their data as they have always provided um, to be reported in their VAT return and we then are working on the conversions to allow us to report in the SAFT format um, in Poland for example through additional software or the use of local experts and so that's how we're managing it for our clients uh, when it's a reporting requirement like in, in, in Portugal or sorry like in Poland uh, and in Norway and in Romania. So then on the control list side of things as well, a control list is another uh, form of just providing additional information to the tax offices. And these are domestic VAT listings and they have two goals. So it's the fight uh, VAT fraud by giving the tax administration a tool that allows easier and fast faster uh, detection of fraudsters and fraudulent claims and increasing compliance by introducing a form of third-party reporting whereby each trader identifies its clients and or suppliers as well as the amount of the transaction so it allows tax office then to cross match information and find where there might be inaccuracies and so that will kind of raise questions for the tax office and kind of give them a more streamlined audit process so controllers have been currently um, introduced in at least 12 member states in the European Union that collect data on domestic transactions. And again, uh, VAT listings is domestic measure, so no international standard on data collected and its format. And so um, again, businesses operating in multiple jurisdictions have to see what the requirement is specific to that country and the information that has to be reported in a control list and they have to kind of meet that obligation. And, and you know, that's kind of that's okay on a sales your sales side of things probably and possibly on your larger um, AP invoices but when you get down to um, expenses and I say it's 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 probably okay or easier it's because the information that's required to be reported is held in your ERP system but when you move down the chain to expenses for example on the input side um, you won't have the granular level of detail probably in your expense management system to fulfill what's required for a control list. So we spend a lot of times, a lot of time on our client's behalf, making sure that we can populate that kind of information. So supplier details, name, address, VAT registration number, for example, of all expenses, of all like expense input VAT, so that we can fulfill the requirements for the control list. So it's just, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It gives the tax offices great, um, tools to fight against fraud and, and find discrepancies, but it also causes a, a lot of administrative burden for, for businesses operating in multiple jurisdictions. And so um, we see common themes then advance, in advanced reporting. You know, I, I'll say this word a million times, just 
standardization there is no standardization it's used as a fight against vat fraud which is very important every member state needs to reduce its its vat gap um, it's an increased compliance burden for global or organizations improved risk analysis for tax office improved auditing techniques and increased compliance to a certain extent but there is that kind of you know um the cost of compliance and also uh you know can I comply? Is the administrative burden too much? And do I choose not to fully comply? You know, we've seen uh, situations in Spain where the SII reporting is so burdensome for many transactions and for many businesses that uh, businesses have chosen their own ways to comply. And so just moving on then to digitalization and an example of digitalization. And in the next series, again, my colleague Teodora Vallone will talk about this in a bit more detail, but just to tip on, um, what digitalization has, has meant for you, the UK and making tax digital for VAT. So it was introduced by HM Revenue Customs to make uh, HM Revenue Customs one of the most digitally advanced tax administrations in the world. And that first step was making tax digital for VAT introduced on the 1st of April, 2019. And they'll go to move on to making tax digital for corporation tax as well, but they started with VAT. And so making tax digital for VAT is not real-time reporting. It's the same VAT return process, just through digitized reporting. So from the 1st of April, 2019, most organizations had to submit uh, their VAT return in a digital format via an API application programming interface. Um, this was a challenge for business, just transitioning from a manual to digital records. And you know, spreadsheet users needed bridging software or API-enabled spreadsheets to digitally submit the VAT return data to HM Revenue Customs. And so how did businesses manage that? So what was the help that was out there? So from our point of view, we developed our own API, uh, was tested with HM Revenue Customs. And so we were able to continue to submit our clients' VAT returns through our API as, as their agent. And so that was the challenge for business. How do they manage that without the use of an agent? Um, you know, it's, it's IT involvement there and just added time. And now it's up and running. It's a, you know, it's a great solution. And, uh, you know, it's a, a click through button you know, press a button and your VAT return is submitted. It removes the risk of error because um, it's lifting and shifting data as opposed to manually typing data into the, the tax office's portal. So there was a soft landing up until the 31st of March 2020. And during that soft landing period, the use of copy or cut and paste and um, copy and paste for manual transposition of data was acceptable. But after the soft landing, digital links were required then to be used to move the data through the VAT return preparation process. And I suppose the biggest challenge um, that our clients faced and, and that we faced was just understanding what a digital link is. And so a digital link can be something as simple as um, an Excel attachment in an email. So information sent in an Excel uh, attached to an email, but then it's the lifting and shifting of that data from the Excel uh, to further parts of the process for preparation that has to be done in an automated, an automated way. And that might just be using formula within a, within a spreadsheet to move the data around. And so further digitization, digitalization, what are we going to see? Um, so are we going to see more movements toward mandatory invoicing? And we, will EU member states then follow the e-invoicing models of Mexico, for example, or, or now what we're seeing in Italy? 
Um, we're looking at India, who introduced GSD in 2017, and you know they have great technological advances already in, in VAT reporting. And we're seeing their immediate reconciliation of your supplier's sales to populate your inputs and to avail of input tax credit. So, you know, is that something that will be um, introduced around Europe as well? So this immediate uh, population of inputs through your supplier's outputs. Um, possible further development of standardised SAFT by the EU Commission, so I'm not sure that this will ever happen. We did see the EU Commission try to develop a standardised VAT return at one point and it had to be shelved because they couldn't get consensus from um, all the member states at the time. And then just SAFT, will SAFT take over the format for VAT return reporting? So will SAFT reporting or a form of SAFT reporting replace the VAT return as we know it, like it has done in, in Poland? So it'll be interesting to track the changes. And just to look a little bit more at e-invoicing, because e-invoicing, you know, the, the VAT return reporting might come back to the to the invoice. So once an invoice is is um, issued, it's reported to the tax office. And so will then that remove the need to produce a VAT return? So just in Italy, uh, with effect from the 1st of January 2019, invoices and related corrections for supplies of goods and services between parties resident and VAT registered in Italy must be issued electronically. So the e-invoices are now being sent by suppliers to a designated email address, a certified email linked to the recipient's QR code, which is registered with the tax office. And so that's the flow of the of the e-invoice in Italy. So the setup required, um, again, IT involvement and time to set that up. Um, often uh, businesses were using third parties um, to, you know, allow them to send electronic invoices and also receive electronic invoices and we have seen issues with this system in relation to, to VAT deduction because you know part of tax tax business is just you know to get your VAT back I suppose on employee expenses for example and so the e-invoicing mechanism introduced in Italy was a barrier to that input VAT deduction because the invoices would flow through the tax office to the AP team of the business. And so AP would be overwhelmed by the amount of expense invoices that they were receiving. And so lots of businesses chose to stop receiving expenses in, in company name to avoid the AP team being overloaded. And so there was a loss of input VAT deduction then on, on expenses uh, for the business. It was is never good and so those companies are only now starting to look again at how they can route the their expenses away from their um, regular AP process to avoid a, the AP process being overloaded but at the same time allowing them to continue to recover input VAT on their expenses and so you know we're three years on from its introduction and we're still working through tailored solutions for our clients to be able to allow them to continue to recover their input VAT on expenses. And so this is, a, you know, as a result of the introduction of Italy's specific e-invoicing regime. And then we have real-time reporting, which, you know, uh, for Spain in particular, was a huge um, issue for many businesses, again, in its setup. Um, and we still are wondering, you know, what is the, what are the tax office using all of this information for? And, you know, are they looking at the granular information that's provided specifically on input VAT 
to, to find any discrepancies. And so it has put huge burden on business to have to report uh, in real time on purchases, for example, um, and the granular detail that you have to get down to, even on non-deductible items or receipts that are you know, incompliant for VAT deduction, but still you have to report them and still you have to provide that granular information like supplier name, address and VAT number. And it just creates huge burden for business. So just to talk about Spain and real-time reporting, it's the immediate supply of information, SII, and it's for large taxpayers filing monthly returns. And it's real-time reporting of sales and purchase data. And when they say real-time, originally it was eight days, now it's four, and it's four days from the date of the sales invoice. The, the date of the sales invoice that it was issued and four days from the date in which the purchase invoice was booked to the company's accounts. And so, you know, um, there's lots of interpretation of what that booked date means. Um, and because of that, it has led to different processes in our, in our process of how we report input VAT back to our clients. So will it be extended to all taxpayers? And, and what has been the benefit of having to report on purchase data uh, to the Spanish uh, tax office? Because it has created a huge burden for business. So again, it's reporting of purchases, including reporting of employee expenses expenses. Um, you report non-deductible in inputs supported by invoices, simplified invoices that comply with invoice or simplified invoice requirements, um, even if they're not deductible for VAT purposes. So again, you can just hear the burden that that presents for business. And it's the automatic transfer of data through SAI and it kicks back an exception report um, if there's any issue with formatting. So, you know, there was a lot of um, issues in setup to make sure the format was absolutely accurate. Um, there is kind of pre-checking of supplier VAT registration numbers to make sure there isn't any kickback from the tax office and so businesses are still struggling to comply and they are therefore choosing their own version of compliance in relation to SII as far as I can see. And then in contrast, Hungary introduced real-time reporting on the 1st of July 2018, and it was only applicable for sales transactions, and there were certain thresholds and limits that, that companies had to comply with uh, in order for them to have to report in this real-time. And reporting of those sales transactions was without delay to the, H, uh, sorry, to the Hungarian tax office, meaning that invoices must be reported immediately as they are issued without human intervention. And so again, that posed issues for businesses just in the setup of the system. And um, you know, initially it was for resident businesses, only domestic transactions, and now it's being rolled out. And you know, we are working through situations with our non-established uh, Hungarian uh, registered businesses on how they can, um, you know, use software to allow them to comply with this situation too. So again, it's just another uh, IT involvement, uh, tech specification, uh, software, how you're going to how you're going to manage it. And this is outside of the of the VAT return. So then to move away from digitalization, uh, control lists, SAFT, real-time reporting, and just quickly look at you know, the worldwide spread of VAT and GST. So again, just to look at India, um, India introduced GST on the 1st of July 2017 and GST was introduced mainly to remove the cascading effect uh, on the sale of goods and services. And so um, in the pre-GST regime, every purchaser, including the final consumer, paid tax on tax. And so when, when India introduced GST, it was, you know, 
mainly technology driven. And so we're seeing great technological advances in Italy. And we're looking at online reporting of sales data, which populate the recipient's purchase listings. And we're also seeing a move towards the use of HSN codes and SAC codes to identify the goods and services supplied. And then possible automated GST input credit calculation based on these codes. So it'll be really interesting to see where India is going to go uh, with technology in relation to GST and whether there's anything that Europe could learn from there, you know, from the introduction to now, the great advances that they've made in uh, reporting. And we saw the introduction of uh, VAT in the GCC on the 1st of January, and it's moving through uh, the different six member states there. And we're also keeping an eye um, on Brazil and, uh, you know, Brazil continues to review its uh, indirect tax system. It's got one of the most complicated indirect tax systems in the world. And so the Brazilian con Congress are considering a complete tax reform and a move to a more VAT-like system. Um, and there was kind of great gains in, you know, last year, the year before on, you know, what was going to happen. And things have kind of quietened down because of COVID. And there seems to be um, moves toward a more incremental rollout of a new uh, indirect tax system, uh, which will probably see, you know, years and years added to the implementation phase of any change for Brazil. So we need to keep an eye on that. Um, in the coming years. So um, just to recap the overall trends that we covered today, uh, we looked at digitalization and digitized reporting. And in the next series um, of the expert view, Theodora Vallone again will talk through digitalization. And we spoke about immediate reporting of transactions and the pre-population of inputs in the India example, um, anti-fraud measures and risk analysis. And this is why the tax office have moved to their own SAFTI requirements or their own control lists, moved to mandatory invoicing. So again, we're seeing a rollout of e-invoicing and what will it look like? And will we follow that Italian model and what impact will that have on business? And just the continued spread of VAT and GST. And so, all of these, how do we manage them? You know, and so Barbara Barczyk will talk about the outsourcing of VAT compliance to enable global businesses to manage these kind of changes and challenges and is outsourcing the way to go. And she will look at the pros and cons and what you should do if you are considering outsourcing. Okay, and so that is really the run through of um, the kind of challenges and trends that are happening for VAT compliance at the moment. Um, I look forward to talking to everyone again in the next series with Theodora uh, and Barbara as we move through these topics in a bit more detail. Thanks for your attention today. Thank you for listening to the TBI Expert View. As always, if you enjoyed the conversation, please share and subscribe to get notified when new episodes will be released. Bye for now.